This is a download from the Passionate People Project. For more information, including available pictures, videos, and links featuring today's guest, visit the3p.com. That's T-H-E, the number 3P.com. I'm your host, Damon Cole Quahoon. Today's guest, as a form of self-prescribed art therapy, paints his dreams and transcribes his emotions on canvas. Now, as a colorist for film and TV, he's learned to harness those abilities to produce dramatic results for his clients. But today, he shares his passion with us. This is The Passionate People Project. My name is Philip Cho. How are you intelligent? How am I intelligent? Um, I guess by the books, like math and stuff like that, I'm not. Even though I'm Asian, people think that uh, people think that oh, you're Asian, you can do math. But honestly, I I, I suck. Um, uh, I guess um I I guess I see the world differently. Um, uh, when I paint, when I draw, um, when I write. Um, and it's also um, how I dream I wake up I remember my dreams and I, I draw them I paint them um, they're vivid and I guess a lot of people when I talk to them um, a lot of people can't remember their dreams um, it's not as lucid or vivid um, so I guess in, in many sense I'm intelligent in that way so it's a um, very visual thing yeah it's a very visual um, aspect and um, music uh, I guess music is uh, another thing that I'm not intelligent in <laughs> um, I try learning learning how to play the piano by myself the guitar and, and I just don't get it mm. um, but just give me a pencil give me a rock and 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 I can just draw whatever mm. on the street on the floor on the wall wow. yeah. um, now now, we'll go further into that later. Okay. Um, explore, explore the other ways you might be intelligent, right? So, until then, define, define your passion for me. Um, my passion is um, expressing yourself in, through, uh, I guess, uh, visually um, or... I guess in I've learned actually to do it in two ways, um, visually, by drawing and painting, um, and also writing. Mm. Um, there are times where I would just sit there at a cafe or a bookstore and I would write for like two hours on just simple things like what I saw or how I feel to even dreams and interpreting those dreams and 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 sometimes it actually manifests into um, uh, deja vu like sometimes I don't realize if it was a dream or if it's something that happened right. as far as deja vu um, 
and sometimes I feel that I, I know it sounds stupid but um, sometimes I feel I have psychic dreaming where like I would dream about something and then the next day something will remind me of that dream like oh my god this was in my dream or or sometimes it would feel like deja vu and I get confused and you know when I talk to people about it they don't understand and I'm like am, am I going crazy so I mean is it is it crazy yeah is it craziness is it intelligence um, I don't know yet I mean it's still like I'm always trying to find myself I'm, I'm recording things I'm writing things down I'm painting them and you know these are all records of uh, my progression into um, I guess my passion um, and also finding myself and who I am and 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 what I'm capable of and yeah. so yeah. that's yeah well it sounds like you're very connected to this thing that's going on and uh, I mean it's, that's a so I, I would definitely categorize it as an intelligence it's not it's not just something that's happening you can actually grasp it whether or not someone else understands what you're doing I mean it's even it's more to the point that that it's uniquely your intelligence your intelligence so um, yeah so it's great now how did, how did you discover your passion I mean it was it started out as a kid I uh, used to watch a lot of cartoons like every kid wake up Saturday morning and like seven in the morning watch cartoons till like noon and I guess it started out with like me liking the Ninja Turtles and liking it so much that you know I would draw it, mm. and it led to drawing Ninja Turtles and then all these you know Marvel superheroes, DC superheroes like Batman and and Spider Man and just trying to replicate what I saw, and and then it, it sort of evolved into you know why why copy something that uh, mm. I see and why don't I make something up and I make my own characters or, you know. Now talk about that transition. Now, kids love to draw. Yeah. At what point did you realize that this is something that was uniquely yours? Not the work itself, but this, this connection to it that was beyond your, your peers, your classmates. I mean, it was, you know, like, I guess um, when teachers, teachers would say reference something or, you know, look at this, you know, I didn't have to. I didn't want to. You know, I was like, why do I have to do this? And I sort of wanted to explore on my own and sort of learn um, naturally on why why do I think this way? Why do I want, you know, certain things to be this way? And, you know, growing up, even up to college, um, I guess teachers would always sort of want you to implement someone else's work or someone else's reference. Um, but uh, I guess... I just felt like I had to do something else. I had to do something on my own. Um, I wanted to create something out of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how does that speak to who you are as a person? I mean, as a person, I think that um, through this, I uh, I mean, as we get older and older and... Um, you know, we change, we, you know, experiences changes you and people change you. And, um, and through that, I think that um, everything I learned so far in life has always, um, I guess, came out. Um, 
uh, through realization mm-hmm. of uh, like say I would paint something and uh, maybe at the time I, I wouldn't know why I did it but then you know the more and more I stare at it you know I realize more about myself like why do I do this and and then one day you just like oh you know I guess this is the reason why or or, or you had a bad breakup mm. and unknowingly subconsciously like sort of like evolved into your painting and and you know it's just only you can see it or maybe someone can point it out to you later on and and you don't realize that yeah so. was it always about healing or, or is it is it only about healing or it, is it in beginning it's it was about healing it was it was more of a art therapy it was therapeutic um it was maybe because i was hurt uh Maybe you know I had experienced death at a young age, and 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 maybe that was a way for me to cope with life, you know, because life was, you know, it was different. It was weird. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't understand life and death, and yeah. and how it's like a circle, and everybody has to experience it, and so yeah, I mean, it was sort of an outlet in the beginning, but now it's more of uh, sending a message. Um, I. Uh, sending a message to like people who want to see my painting and Mm -hmm. sort of have people interpret it as um the way they want to interpret it it can mean a a million things either political religious uh emotional or maybe nothing at all you know yeah Yeah. now talk about your specific talent we talked about intelligence so what talent do you possess that allows you to engage in this um, well, working in painting and working in, I guess, um, in the color correct realm mm-hmm. in industry, I've get, I guess I've developed um, intelligence in seeing colors differently. Mm-hmm. Um, why does blue and I guess blue and orange go to get, to get what do they go together? And they're I guess complement, but there are a million shades of of colors, and I guess. The way I see it is just like I don't have to think about it. I, I just do it, and I know that it's right. Right. Um, I guess a lot of people ask me why, why, why did you put this color next to this color, or why, why not this color? And I tell them it's just, it just. I guess I don't know if it's just of years of doing it, yeah. and I've. I just, it's just uh, it's second nature to me now. It just, it just happens. It sounds like. This because you know, we're talking about talent, right? And so it sounds like this is something that you had this ability to understand colors working together, and maybe it was developed, color correcting, TV commercials, music videos, films. Yeah. Right. So it sounds like it was enhanced or developed in that. Can you maybe think back to early examples of it where you you had no concept of of color matching? But you were practicing it. I mean, you know, as a kid, like, you know, they'll pick up a crayon or a cray pots or whatever, and they'll just draw without, without any care in the world, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, and sometimes I look at, you know, kids' drawings, and I'm like, dude, this is awesome. This is mm-hmm. beautiful. Like, and they have no idea. Um, so I, I don't really remember when I sort of uh, knew that this was right or wrong, and. Right. Um, I know in college, you know, professors would say, "Hey, this is wrong," and I'm like, "Why is it wrong?" You mm-hmm. know, and and is there a right and wrong? I mean, I don't know. Um, but um, 
I don't know. I just uh, in the beginning, I just I did what I wanted. You yeah. know, as a kid, it's very uh, I guess I don't know what the word is, but it's Too very much. innocent and okay. you know. Now, did do you recall when uh, was there a point where somebody, somebody, a specific person or people, hit you to your your skill, your ability to do this? To, to match colors or still talking talent? Um, actually, nobody really like pushed me or no one really you know influenced me. Um, it was just uh, the way I was, you mm-hmm. know, the way I wanted to express myself. And, um, you know, I, I, I used to get uh, made fun of a lot by my brothers and <laughs> stuff like that. And like, you know, you're painting, you know, you're, what are you, gay? Yeah. And I'll be like, shut up. Yeah. And they didn't understand. Right. Um, but, you know, today they're like, dude, that's awesome. This is cool. And, <laughs> and up, right? yeah, you know. Well, so, I mean, uh, I, I mean, maybe there were some professors here and there that would push me and, and they would test me and, and I would discover stuff. Um, I actually, actually, there is one professor. Um, her name was Franca. And it was in Italy where she sort of took me out of that my safe zone. And you know, I used to be all like, you know, drawing the lines and, you know, be really clean and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, she, uh, I guess, made me, I guess she sort of uh, helped me, you know, get out of the box and sort of, you know, paint loosely, draw loosely and sort of be more free. Um and I guess that's why my personality is more free now. It's, you know, I'm, I'm always played by ear and um, I take my time. And mm-hmm. I guess in retrospect, it shaped me to who I am. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, a little more free-spirited. So let's talk, let's talk about that let's, um, in terms of refining your skill or the talent. Into, into a refined skill. So, it, you know, elevating it into a refined skill. You were in Italy? Yeah, I was in Italy. Um, I actually went there for a summer and uh, I fell in love with the place. To uh, paint or? Uh, it was uh, actually just to, um, it was more of a learn Italian mm-hmm. and, you know, travel. Um, and this was during college and... Uh. And actually, uh, I was... So you you save money and decided you wanted to go? Yeah, and you know, this was my uh, third year. I was pre-med student, you know. Mm. Was just, like every Asian parent wants you to be in <laughs> a lawyer, a doctor, or whatever, a judge. A um, but then after I went to Italy, I was like, I need to get back to my roots. You know, I want to express myself. You know, I, I stopped painting. And that's when it sparked. That's when it triggered, you know, I need to do this. This is my passion. So I came back from Italy that summer and um, I told my parents, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. <laughs> so, and you know, honestly, I thought, you know, oh my God, it's a big deal, you know, in Asian culture. But, you know, they were really cool and you know, they told me that they would support me in, in any decision I made. So, you know, after three years of doing the whole pre-med, you know, working at the hospital, the ER room, the OBGYN, the... Uh, all those departments, I, I gave it up 
and I took um, all my painting classes, drawing classes. I went back to Italy three times, uh, you know, for a year, for six months, you know, and I ended up graduating on time. I loaded up on 24 credits a, a semester, taking summer classes. No, wait, is, is this a study abroad with, with uh, Hoff, no, Stony Brook? Or Stony, Brook Stony Brook, and it was to Buffalo, um, another um, SUNY. And study abroad. This is this was a study abroad program. Study abroad program. Okay. Yeah. So and then I went there after mm-hmm. uh, oh. again and uh, stayed there and you know I just uh, started painting, drawing, um, getting influenced by what I saw, taking everything in. Um, you know, it was the art capital back in the fifteen hundreds, mm-hmm. and so you know just. That's what sparked um, my transition at that time. Mm. Um, I sort of revived myself. I revived what my my childhood brought had uh, taught me. Mm-hmm. Um, taught you about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's great. It's great that it. You know, quite often that takes people uh, to to midlife yeah. to figure out. You know, after they've been in a career forever. <laughs> exactly. And their kids are grown, and they're like, "Wait a minute, I hate this." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, in terms of, um, you know, expressing yourself, sharing this, these visions, dreams, and thoughts, you talk about doing it visually with painting, or or I should say, in a visual medium, you know, because writing can be visual as well, but also doing it in in your writing. Yeah. So talk about the difference and the need to do it in these two different ways. Do they complement each other? Is it is it a counterbalance? It's one a counterbalance to the other? Um, no, I actually they do complement each other. Um, like the words that I write are, they could be filled with hate mm-hmm. um, at the moment, and I'm hateful, mm-hmm. or at the moment I'm I'm happy. You know, it's all about mood, or or at that time it's very emotional, mm-hmm. and sort of I take that and I'm like. You know, it's funny. I have all these sketchbooks, uh, like I don't know, maybe like twelve of them. Um, and there, there was a time where I would sit down and look back at something I'd written like seven years ago, and I laugh about it. I'm like, why did I feel this way? And it's stupid, and I feel stupid. But then I don't. You know, this is this was valid. Yeah. And everybody goes through emotions. Everybody goes through happiness, sadness. There's a time for everything. You know, and. I take that and I sort of recreate it in my in my drawing in my painting, mm-hmm. and uh, um, there's sometimes where I don't look back and and as soon as I write something I, I implement that on a drawing or a painting, mm-hmm. or so that's I think they really complement each other. So when you say when you say you you implement that in a painting or a drawing, let's talk about painting because it's. There are a lot more tools to use in painting um, to express yourself. How how exactly do you alter the way you express yourself in a painting? Is it is it the the colors you use? Is it the, the brush strokes? The brush itself? The amount of paint? You know, it's uh, sometimes it's like this. Um, it's like what uh, what art therapists use. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a technique where they would either blindfold you or turn off the lights, mm-hmm. 
and you had this blank canvas or piece of paper in front of you and you have pencils, uh, color pencils, crayons or whatever and you're in, cl- in complete darkness and then the instructor what they do is or the, the therapist what they do is they turn on music now mm-hmm. it could be soothing and you know, your lines could be very contour drawing smooth or whatever and then all of a sudden they'll they'll put something uh, very like like metal banging or something like that mm-hmm. and they see what you do on paper and it's sort of some people you know continue with the soothing lines and some people go with the music and this you know like scribble really hard to the point where they make a hole in the paper and break the pencil <laughs> you know and it's all about letting your emotions out mm-hmm. um, so in many ways uh, what I do with my uh, my writing is the same thing mm-hmm. you know how I felt and I would uh, sometimes when I'm angry I would just take my brush and just like throw some color on there and and scribble and um, uh, I don't know maybe sometimes even punch my canvas and break it mm. you know and then like 10 minutes later I calm down and realize that like you know there was so much emotion involved that you know it's I feel better you yeah, know yeah, yeah. I feel therapy you know I feel I guess it was therapy mm-hmm. you know there are times where I, I lose a lot of stuff because of that lose a lot of stuff in what way um, I guess paintings you know I uh, smash it or whatever uh, you know uh, or I draw something and it looks really nice and at the end, I'll take turpentine and totally like just throw it on there, splash it on there, mm-hmm. and erase it. Wow. Um, and in many ways, there is like very there's a, I think someone said this. There's beauty in the breakdown, mm-hmm. you know. And to me, I guess at that moment, I mean, there was so much beauty in in that process. Mm-hmm. Would you say that? Because I normally ask, how, how is it? your passion enriched your life I mean this sounds like a very enriching process um, are there are there other ways or is there maybe a bigger broader more you know way to define how it's enriched your life um, I don't know I mean I guess um, there were times when I was younger um, I might have been 14 to like 17 where I used to be really angry mm. uh, angry defiant getting into trouble um uh, do a lot of pranks you know I never really thought about the consequences yeah and I guess this was more of a way to sort of um, let out my my emotions you know why did I feel this way like I really didn't understand at the time I just did what I, I did you know mm-hmm. I reacted on my emotions mm-hmm. but um, doing all this art therapy drawing painting writing you know I, I've come to the realization that um, I, I think about the consequences I think about my actions I think about who I am and why I do things and and whenever I do something I think about it now I always think about not just the consequences but why as a person am I doing this why do I feel this way or, or when something happens on the street and I get upset I don't react I think about it I'm like why why do I feel this way at this moment mm-hmm. um, sometimes I write it down um, and I guess in many ways it controlled who I am now. I'm, I'm more of a calm, relaxed, um, carefree person now rather than just an angry, you know, ball. Yeah. My, yeah, I think some people call it just being mindful. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's funny because that's 
one of the goals of uh, it's, it's essentially what happens when you just go to traditional therapy you know it's uh sorry let's move on yeah I guess a lot of people don't um, make their way here you know I mean not, not everybody's different everybody stay, some people stay the way um, the way they were when they were 16 mm-hmm. um, some people don't yeah yeah now you're let's talk about the other ways you're intelligent because um, we're talking about painting yeah we're talking about writing um, I know you know what languages oh um, I guess that's another thing I uh, I guess um, when I was in sixth grade and I took Spanish for like six seven years and mm-hmm. and I didn't remember anything mm-hmm. you know it was just tough for me yeah. and then I guess all of a sudden I went to Italy that time I went to Italy I learned Italian and just being immersed into that culture and that that whole um, I guess atmosphere I've, I sort of picked things up my classes were all in Italian mm-hmm. or most of it and now we get yelled at and I, I, I didn't know why in the beginning mm-hmm. and I lived with the Italian lady and and I, all of a sudden it just clicked I just mm-hmm. started like uh, remembering things speaking mm-hmm. and and I met uh, after that I met a girl and she spoke Spanish and I started clicking all of a sudden <laughs> things started coming back so to you me in Spain no I wasn't in Spain and <laughs> things started clicking mm-hmm. and uh, I, I dated a Greek girl and she was from Cyprus and I uh, she would speak Greek a lot and I would pick things up she would teach me and it became really simple to me and mm-hmm. I, I, I all of a sudden got it wow. um, and and that's a distinction that's a very important one I mean just being able to learn another language or just memorizing what you need to and be able to speak it fluently is not necessarily falling in the realm of intelligence yeah um, not necessarily or, or at least a strength a real yeah. strength but you talk about just dating someone who spoke it and picking yeah. it up yeah right? and I mean that's that's a little beyond what's the difference in that process what how is that process different for you internally uh, if you took notice than it was when you were in school? Um, I guess in school, it's like, who wants to learn another language? Mm-hmm. You know, you just like, you don't care. Yeah, you learn and try to pass the test or whatever. But I guess I was put in a position where it was like, someone you care about mm-hmm. speaks it and uh, you want to communicate with them. And it's, it's sort of, uh, I don't know if it was more of like a, a subconscious thing where it's just like you wanted to learn, you know. I guess when you put your mind to it, you want to learn, mm-hmm. it comes to you. Um, to me, actually, I didn't really have to try hard. It just, I don't know, I just clicked. It just happened. And uh, all of a sudden, I started speaking Spanish. I started speaking Italian, you know. Oh, I you know knew a lot of words in Greek and I was making complete sentences. Mm. Um and then my Korean, you know, which was horrible as a kid, <laughs> all of a sudden got good, and I started speaking, and it was flowing better, and um, and then it got to the point where I was reading <coughs> Spanish books, and you know, I was reading uh, poet um, poems by Pablo Neruda, I was reading uh, books by uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, mm-hmm. um, I started reading books in Spanish, and my Spanish got crazy good. Yeah. Then I started reading in Italian books. Uh, not so much Greek. Um, Greek, uh, they don't have. It's not 
it's a totally different alphabet, so uh, okay. it was more tough. Yeah. So I stuck with Spanish and Italian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could read in Korean, write, you know, I can do all that. So you were uh, born here. I was born here, right, so right. language yeah. all of a sudden just. Right. Well, you know, I mean, just to make the point, um, I took. I, I can't do that with language. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a bright guy. I study hard. I have Rosetta Stone. <laughs> And but it just it doesn't and I can learn I've been learning some Spanish but it doesn't click it just hasn't after all this time it just doesn't click there's a difference yeah um, and if really what I memorize are words and rules which is totally different yeah than grasping a language and being able to communicate right and it's actually said that to, re- to really figure out someone's intelligence put them in an environment that's foreign to them you know drop yeah. them in, in, in multiple environments in the desert uh, in the mountains in the forest and watch them and watch what they do and how they adapt and that will tell you what their intelligences are how about the, the physical aspect of painting in terms of fine hand control um, so uh, when I was younger I mean I was always interested in becoming a doctor and stuff like that and I had such steady hand control and people were like, hey, you should be a surgeon. <laughs> and, you know, and it, it all started out with like a commercial, like when I grow up, I want to be a doctor. I don't know if it's like an 80 commercial, you know, <laughs> and I was like, me too. Um, so, uh, so I had really um, steady hand control mm-hmm. and um, I could paint, I could draw a straight line, mm-hmm. really straight. Uh, and it started out like that. It's simple. And, uh, when I paint, I mean, I used to be in the beginning, like as a kid, it was all structured. I would, I would crayon, you know, on the lines. I wouldn't go out. It wouldn't be messy, and it started out as that. And uh, so when I, uh, some, I guess some people are really afraid when they when they paint. You know, it's like um, you're afraid that you might mess up the lines or whatever. And I was never really afraid of that. Mm-hmm. I was never afraid of. Uh, making a mistake or whatever, you know? And uh, I guess I became more, my dexterity became more and more stronger Mm -hmm. um, until I went to Italy Mm -hmm. uh, where I learned how to go beyond my boundaries. And even when I do like um, messy drawings, it's not, it's not on a lark, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not like, uh, free. Sometimes I know what I'm doing. That's mm-hmm. why I do it. Right. Um, and right. you just don't take a brush and, and yeah. go. I'm being messy. I'm yeah. <laughs> it's not like I'm like two years old and the crayon for nothing. You know. Right. Right. It's like there's a reason for everything. Right. Right. That's it. Everything has a reason, whether you know it or not. Yeah. What the reason is, I take it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, now let's talk about the uh, ways that you've earned money from this passion because you've uh, you've been able to do that yeah um, indirectly directly indirectly so um, I had a couple of gallery showings um, oh okay and uh, actually you know it's it was hard for me in the beginning because I couldn't I can't let go I still have that problem letting go of a painting I would, I would post it up in a gallery or on a show mm-hmm. and I would put a price but then I'll go back the same day and I put not for sale. 
you know <laughs> and I, it was tough for me to let go you know because i have so much emotion i pour my heart into it mm. and I, like i don't care if it looks nice or ugly or whatever i just couldn't let it go mm. so in the beginning it was tough i i never really wanted to sell my paintings or or give them away mm-hmm. um but then you know i had some people you know ask me to do portraits for them or or they want to make a gift for their you know I guess sister's wedding or whatever mm-hmm. so I would do stuff like that and make money um, and you know the money was it was it wasn't that good you know it's like people don't want to spend too much money they don't want they don't want to spend a thousand dollars on a portrait you know right. they want they always spend like 300 bucks right. so you know it's not really good cash flow um, so realistically um, to become a professional painter and sell your paintings for thirty thousand dollars a piece mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a long shot, especially in New York, where there's a lot of painters, there's a lot of competition. Um, so, um, as a realist, you know, I'm a dreamer, but I I do realize things, and I uh, went into that whole post production realm. Mm-hmm. And you know, the money is okay, stable. It might be low, but at least I would get a paycheck. Right. And in in that realm, I still could. Um, express my creative talents you know color theory you know being you know an assistant colorist colorist mm-hmm. um I, I was still able to do that digitally yeah um so talk about for people who don't know talk about what being a colorist means in the post-production world um so a colorist <laughs> is basically what they do is they set the mood and tone of uh i guess a specific uh, it could be a commercial, it could be a movie, it could be a music video. They set the tone of the overall environment um, of, of the scene. Um, say, for example, you have uh, an outdoor scene in the woods, and you can totally make it desaturated, contrasty, and it will look kind of scary. Or you can, you know, put some yellows in the highlights and make it, uh, I guess, I guess, pretty brightful and it's all about what you see visually um you know you can make it anything you want you know and it'll set how you feel yeah so like in a happy commercial you want things to be nice and clean and and you don't want it to be you know dark and ominous and you know scary and you don't want like green in the shadows and stuff like that because it looks like harry potter you know right so i mean that's what it is It's, it's about setting the tone All right, so now, now that you're essentially painting, you know, quote unquote painting using uh, uh, computers, yeah, you know, have you found that that doing that for a living has caused you to compromise, uh, see the the authenticity of of of, of you as an artist? Yes. Yes. Because in color correct, you can't control what you get as far as footage. Mm. You know, you can get, uh, I don't know, a girl in in the sexy lingerie, mm-hmm. and can you really express yourself? Yeah, you can. You know, throw some colors in there, make it look nice, uh, but you're limited. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as you know, painting on your own, you know, you're you have a myriad of ideas and 
and ways to express yourself. You know, it's not limited to just one thing. Yeah. You know, you can incorporate so many you know articles and elements and and whatnot. And I guess yes, and you are limited in in your creative nature. How do you reconcile the two? Do you just do you purely separate it? Yes, you have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to. I mean, um, coming from you know, I guess your own background of creating things out of nothing. I mean, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. So you basically you. I'm gonna assume you basically take the skills and leave the uh, the kind of emotional connection. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, you have to, you know, and you also have clients who want a specific thing, and you gotta follow their lead, uh, you know, at times. So right, um, right. you're limited in, in many ways. Wow. Now talk about the uh, resources you use in support of your, your passion. Name first. Name name the most invaluable resource that you found that you've used over the years in pursuit of your passion. Um. I guess it's uh well this is what I this is my uh, monthly ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually used to live on Fifty Sixth Street and Sixth Avenue, and um, there was the uh, MoMA on Fifty Third Street, right. and I would go there all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I had membership. I would go there all the time, and I would see what other people did and trying to you know find a reason why they did it and you know the exhibitions will always change and you get inspired and that was my thing you know I would go there and it was not just limited to the MoMA I would go to uh, the MoCA in California or go to the Metropolitan or go to Boston or whatever any museum and see what people are doing mm-hmm. um, and also not it was also what I saw like I'll be walking down the street and I'll see something and you know people like people that were uh, that I was with are like, what are you doing? I'm like, hold on a second, let me just think. And I see something, and you know those are I guess um, things of inspiration. Mm-hmm. You know what I see, yeah. and uh, you know portraying it the way I wanna portray it. Yeah. Nice. And what about um, any specific books or? tutorials, video tutorials, DVDs, or anything that you use, um, you have used? Uh, let's see, books, um, in the past I used to use drawing books, you know, just like, mainly like figure drawing, you know, learning the uh, dynamics of movement. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like currently, um, tutorials I would use are the stuff that I don't know how to use, like, um, you know, maybe Photoshop tricks or, uh, um, you know, the thing with the internet is is that you can always find something. You know, yeah. like say you have, uh, you don't know how to use a program, like I didn't know how to use Motion. Mm-hmm. I would go online and YouTube it and someone has like a, like a 10 minute tutorial on how to do something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess, you know, I'm always, always inquisitive and if I didn't know how to do something, I would look it up instead of mm-hmm. sitting there and be like, forget it, you know? It's not about giving up, you know, you just always want to learn and teach yourself. Mm. Life is about that, you know, always learning. You'll never stop learning, you know? Yeah, yeah. Particularly now with the internet, you know, you're not limited at all, right? Exactly. So, wow. Now, before I get to the next question, which is about needing, do you need to, 
basically you need to be in any particular place to pursue your passion. Um, do you see do you see color correcting as purely income or is it an extension of your passion or practical maybe a practical extension of your passion? Well, I would definitely say it's a practical extension of my passion because um, you know it's like I want to be involved in something so uh, uh, that involves emotion. Mm-hmm. So say you watch um, a movie, uh, let's say you know the German movie, The Lives of Others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the color and tone of that just it brings so much emotion, and you know, it makes people cry, it makes people laugh. You know, any movie, and I, I love being involved in something that involves emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, and if it, think about it as um, a composer too mm-hmm. you know say you have a scene and he you know composes it and he has this nice music and and it's sad and the scene is sad what does it make you do it makes you cry the same thing with color you know you see something you sets the tone and and just to be a part of something like that and, and just you know being a part of making someone else feel um, happy sad uh, is great you know mm-hmm. Now, now, do you find, well, you know, I don't have to pretend because I, I kind of know the answer already. Can you, do you have to be in any particular region, country, city, to pursue this passion in the ways you have? No, I mean, if it's, <laughs> the thing about passion is if you're passionate, mm-hmm. you don't, it doesn't matter where you are, yeah. you know? You could be in jail, you know? <laughs> as long as you do it, you know? As, mm-hmm. as long as you implement your passion, then it doesn't matter where you are. Now talk a little bit about the, the places places you've, because uh, I think this is very unique, um, but just helpful, because uh, we'll, we'll talk about the places you had a chance to to pursue your passion or, or this, this kind of extension to your passion. Um, so, you know, I love seeing things and I love, you know, getting, taking in what I see and sort of making it my own or expressing it. Um, so I've traveled a lot. I've uh, let's see in Europe. I've been to uh, England, Spain, France, Germany, Italy. Uh, I've been to Sicily. I've been to Cyprus. Um, where else? I've uh, been to Morocco, India, uh, oh, Canada, <laughs> uh, Philippines, Hong Kong, China, Japan, Korea, uh, Guam. Uh, Argentina, Chile. Uh, wow. Well, there's a lot. I just don't remember. Um, <laughs> so, so I take it you didn't paint in all of those places, right? Well, actually, I would draw in my oh, sketchbook, and I would like see something, or I would see something really sad, or like especially in uh, Morocco, or I would see some, or India, where it's very impoverished. Um, I would see things, and you know, it's a it's a bit of a culture shock, you know, being in New York, mm-hmm. you know. You, I saw like on India, I saw uh, a guy on his motorcycle and he had five people on it. Mm. His wife was in the back with the baby without any, obviously no, there's no secure harness or anything like that. And yeah. you see something and you know, you feel sort of a lot of compassion mm-hmm. or you see like a little five-year-old girl not begging for money, but for water, mm. you know, and, and give her water, something so simple, yeah. you know, we take for granted in being in, in a, in a developed country, mm-hmm. uh, water. We we drink a some we drink a bottle of water and throw half of it away, yeah. or you know, just yeah. 
something so simple and I guess those things inspire me you know mm-hmm. just I guess uh, who I am also has to do with you know what I've learned through my travels yeah so yeah and now you've you've worked as a colorist in Korea yeah but you've also done the same type of work in Charlotte North Carolina yeah <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter where you are, as long as, I mean, it'll find you too, you know. Like it, it all this happened on just unlock, mm-hmm. you know. The opportunity came and just happened, and yeah. you know, it just it doesn't matter where you have to be, yeah. as long as you want to do it. And what are the benefits of taking class to, uh, you know, in pursuing this passion? I think or going to college and getting a degree. Well, you know, it's like uh, there's a book I forgot. It's called Outliers, and. Okay, right. It talks about the ten thousand hour rule. Mm-hmm. You know, like before the Beatles became fam- famous, they were playing in Germany every weekend, every day, mm-hmm. and they build up that time, that ten thousand hours of uh, performing, mm-hmm. and they became pros. You know, they didn't go on stage and be all nervous. They had that time. Mm-hmm. Same with me. It's like um, look at all the masters, like Michelangelo. They were all apprentice. Uh, they had apprenticeships um, under somebody and. They did it, you know, when they were young, and by the time they were twenty, you know, they were pros. Mm-hmm. You know, so I believe that taking classes and always learning uh, develops your skill. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, you get a chance. I mean, heck, if you get a uh, undergrad degree, that's four years right exactly. there. You get a master's of six and yeah. PhD, you're practically there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. It's yeah. a good point now. Now, are there any potential pitfalls in taking uh, classes or going to college for this? Um, no, it depends on how you take it. Uh, say, for example, you take a class and uh, the teacher totally berates you and says, you suck, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do two things. You can say, oh my God, I suck, and you crumble, and you just sort of you know, lose yourself and stop, you know, stop your passion. Or you can take it as is and, and, and ask yourself why. Why is it like this? And sort of expand and learn about it. Right. Um, some people don't recover. Yeah. And it sucks. Right. You know, some people get discouraged. And and uh, my advice is that don't. Yeah. You know, just make it more, give it fuel. You know, let it give it, uh, fuel you to become better. Mm. And everybody wants to better themselves and become better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like you, like you were saying, it, uh, some people might might be be critiqued for your uh, your hand control or lack of hand control. Exactly. And it's like that's and yes, that means that you aren't doing well in that particular class. But it doesn't mean you know you can't paint. Exactly. You know. I mean, yeah, that's the thing with our classes and and whatever um, in general is that when you do critiques, people will always judge you and they would always say, I think it would be better doing this way. And instead of, instead of taking that to heart, it's mm-hmm. constructive. You know, you, yeah. you learn and like, oh, I didn't see it that way. Yeah. And sort of makes you uh, think differently, mm-hmm. which is good. So I totally advise in, in taking classes and taking the constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Now, what if, you're, what if someone doesn't share your particular talent for uh, color? Can they, you think they could still participate? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, why not? enjoy it and, and potentially be very good. Why not? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, 
you know if you have the mindset and the passion for it and and if you're interested there's no reason why you mm-hmm. shouldn't you know yeah yeah well because you can express yourself in a number of, like you said you also do it in with your writing yeah yeah i mean i'm not i'm i'm not a good writer but i write you yeah. know i can write i can write you know well written essay but i can definitely write yeah, yeah. and and express yourself yeah nice now what advice would you give you already gave um a few pieces what advice would you give to someone that wants to pursue the, this passion in the way you have let's say let's say somebody who wants to who who is in is an artist they are an artist and they want to maybe they're very practical so they want to go into commercials or yeah. movie industry what advice would you give for somebody to make that that leap or to connect those things i should say i think that uh the biggest thing is don't sell yourself out mm. you know anybody could be enticed with anything um uh but i think that it's um as long as you have the passion to stick with it you know be true to yourself no matter what um, you know, do you want to compromise? Say, for example, some guys like I give you X amount of dollars, but you got to do this, and it's totally not your passion. Right. Um, it's it's up obviously up to you, but I mean, if you really really want to do something, I think that one would do it. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's my advice. I think. Feel Thank you. <laughs>